0: Hello and welcome back to the Growing Revolution. I'm Eric Olson with Smart Pot Fabric Planters. And this week, our guest is Valen Bodie, AKA the Soil Guru. He's a soil scientist in Oklahoma. He's a big fan of Smart Pots, especially our raised beds. Valen, welcome to the podcast.
1: My pleasure. My pleasure.
0: Yeah, thanks for making the time. So, um... I saw on your social media that you have ties to the Bahamas. Is, is that where you grew up? And then yep. how did you end up in Oklahoma?
1: Um, yeah, I'm born and raised in the Bahamas. Um, I moved to America when I was 18 um, to start college. I did junior college for two years, and I transferred in New York, in New Jersey. I played semi-pro soccer. I came to college to play soccer. Um played soccer in New Jersey and junior college and then played semi-pro in Brooklyn for a bit. Um, and then I got recruited by all Roberts university, which then co- led to me being moving to Oklahoma. Um, and I've just been here ever since.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Nice. Uh, so what did you go to school for? What is your degree in
1: global environmental sustainability? So it's a bachelor's of science with a, focus in, with a concentration in global environmental sustainability. Um, it's very similar to environmental science. It just has a little bit more business classes involved. So I had to take econ. I had to take uh, accounting. I had to take a few more business classes than the average environmental science major Um, so it was more of a well-rounded degree as to why I chose that versus environmental science. Environmental science would have meant I would have been in the lab 24 Um, I still got the science classes. Like I did the exact same science, science classes, environmental science, but I was able to add more classes because obviously they were required for the business side of the degree
0: nice nice and uh, I'm sure those classes uh, especially the business classes definitely helped prepare you for uh, being an absolutely. entrepreneur.
1: absolutely they did I mean they didn't prepare me as much as they as much as I need but they 100% gave me more of a, a better perspective probably is probably for a lack of better words um, they gave me a yeah. better perspective and a better stance on on business as a whole
0: yeah i I took a ton of business classes in college, and I think really those classes are probably some of the best classes I took because really you can apply them to any anything uh, in- industry that you're in or even just you know balancing a checkbook at home so yeah
1: people think people people i hear people all the time talk about you know college is a scam like to a degree it is, but there's some things that you learn in college that you will never learn in the day-to-day experience work experience or you know just learning or working in the trade or whatever industry it is there's a lot of little nuggets i guess you can say um that you learn through those call if you were paying attention don't get me wrong they don't just drop into your brain. Um, but if you were paying attention and doing your work, they equip you, they give you some pretty good, you know, good tools to work with for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Not, not all degrees are worthless. That is definitely no, for absolutely sure. Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, so, uh, when did, when did you start environmental soil solutions and what are you doing for folks?
1: Um, so we started back in 2020, um, that would have been May of 2020. So I used to work for a soil company in Tulsa. I ended up getting fired because they didn't like that I was doing personal research at home. I mean, that was nowhere in my contract. I didn't void my contract or none of that stuff. Um, obviously, my aunt's a lawyer, so I made sure of that before I went ahead and did, you know, personal research at home to make sure that my job was secure. Um Little that I what kind know, of
0: research were you doing that they had a problem with?
1: Soil. I was just searching. I was researching new amendments and new ingredients that, that I had found um, that I was just doing research on that I think would have made a difference. Um, so I basically made a new recipe and I was trying it out at home. Like I sent tests to the lab, got results back, and I tinkered with it until I thought it was where I wanted it to be nutrient-level-wise. Um, and then I tried it. I grew side-by-side side with the recipe that I made for them. Sohum, um, Roots Organic Lush, and Purple Cow. I grew side-by-side side with all of them, and it was a night-and-day difference. I mean, literally a night-and-day difference in the growth of the plants. Um, so they, the owner of the company ended up seeing it. Like I wasn't hiding it by no means. Um, I posted it on social media. So he ended, the owner ended up seeing my story and was like, Hey, we need to talk about this new recipe or whatever you're developing. We had a customer reach out to us about it and they just had questions. And I'm like, that's weird because 11 people have seen this story. I don't know if he understood how social media works. Um, but 11 people view the story. You were number 11, the 10 people before you live in the Bahamas. You don't even know them. (laughs) Um, so I screenshotted it and I was like, I really don't understand how a customer told you this. Like, there's no need to lie. You know, like if you want to ask me questions about it, then ask me questions. Like, I'm not hiding anything from you guys. Um, so they, this was a Friday and they were like, oh, we'll have a meeting Monday morning. I'm like, okay, great. Like, I'm not, I'm fine with it. So I got in Monday morning, saw all my stuff packed up and I was like, okay, well, I know where this is going got into the meeting they had um termination contracts written everything um so i was like okay well a a while before that i had a feeling i was gonna get fired because they started nickel and diming me looking over my shoulders teaching told telling me to teach this one this and you know all this stuff so i had a feeling it was coming um but obviously like from the people that I know them to be, I was like, there's no way they're going to do this. You know, like they won't do that to me, you know, type of deal. Um, Uh,
0: something minor, like not even a transgression, right? Like like, most companies want their employees to gain knowledge and become smarter. You want
1: to encourage that because I can make your company better. Like literally my goal at the point in time, I had zero inspiration to open my own company. I was a hundred percent bought into their company Mind you, I had no ownership in this company. I was getting paid 17 bucks and 50 cents an hour. I made their recipes. I made the soil, bagged the soil, delivered the soil, kept inventory. I did everything. I literally ran this entire soil extension to their, well, they used to own a garden center, but that's not open anymore. They only have the soil company now. Um, So yeah, so like I, the original deal before we signed the contract was when we hit our startup cost, which was 70 grand in revenue, they will then give me either 15% in the company ownership or 15% royalty on the soil. So that was what I went into. That's the reason why I took 17 bucks and 50 cents an hour. Like I knew I could have made them 70 grand in no time. Um, so yeah, so we got, like I said, they started the nickel and dime. We got to like 66,000 cause I, I had access to all the sales and everything. So we were at like sixty-six thousand was the last time I looked at it, and then that's when they started nickel and diamond, and I was like, "This is weird." I told my wife, I was like, "Hey, I'm probably gonna get fired." Um, she was like, "What do you mean? I'm like what? How do? You, what?" And I was like, "Yeah, I, I just have this feeling, this gut feeling that they're gonna fire me." So yeah, went into the meeting Monday. And they basically the the gist of the meeting was that either I quit or they fire me. And I was like, well, I made you 66 grand in, in five months, four months. It was four months. Um, so I was like, well, I'm the important person in this equation. So if you want to go and fire me, then go right ahead. Like, you're doing so unlawfully. So if I really want to, I can sue you. Um, obviously, I didn't say that. But mentally, I knew that, you know, because I have my wife, my aunt's a lawyer. So I know legal, you know, a little bit of legal stuff um which and anybody knows when they're being unlawfully fired I mean that's you don't void your contract and they're firing you you're unlawfully fired um so yeah so they tried to get me to sign the determination the, the stuff and I'm like no like I'm not a dummy like if I sign that you're, that's grounds for you to say that I quit you know like you sign it first so they signed it and boom that was it that was the end of it it hurt me I'll be honest it like to this day talking about it, it It doesn't hurt me, but it bothers me that they actually did that still. Um, So that's where, you know, that hurt came from. That drove me to open my own company. Um, So I opened my own soil company, went into grow generation to, you know, get prices on material and ended up they ended up hiring me like literally two days later on staff as their soil, soil specialist on staff. Um, so I worked at grow generation while opening or trying to get my company going, um, for like five months, I think it was before my company just got too hectic and like, I wasn't able to like, man, I was working five, 6am to eight 30 at my company, making soil, going to grow generation, nine to five, leaving there, going to my company, five thirty to to eight. Sometimes going home, eating dinner, coming back, working until 12, one in the morning, going home to sleep. And doing it all over again, um, I did. I did that for like two weeks, three weeks, and I was like, "Man, this is not sustainable." It's like burnout I'm, central. Oh yeah, it's. I'm literally asking for burnout. I mean, I it. I was almost burnt out after a week. Um, so I sat down with my wife and I was like, "Listen, like something's got to give. Like I'm gonna have to take this leap of faith and just jump. Like either that, or my, you know, my body and my mental is just gonna go down." Um, so she was like, well, if you think that's what you want to dive into, then do it, you know? So I put in my two weeks and boom, I was by the end of 2020, I was working solely for my soil company and, and it's been good. It's been, it's been a lot of ups and downs, you know, with any company you have those with any company, um, lots of ups and downs, you know, and, you know, learning moments is a big thing for me. You know, I learned a lot. I learned an awful lot, you know, like as simple as paying rent when I could have bought property for, you know, like I paid my first year of business. I probably paid 70,000 in rent. You know, if I had taken one third of that, I could have bought the property that I live on now cash. You know, if I decided to finance it, I could have paid it off within a year. You see what I'm saying? So like, but I didn't know that. You know, these are learning moments that, you know, you take and you learn and you keep growing. You know, it's it's not a loss, more of a lesson. So I try to look at things yeah. in, in that perspective and not just think of, you know, losses usually have a negative connotation to anybody. You know, like I played sports all my life at the highest level possible. I played professional. I played for my national team. I played against, against the USA. I played against Brazil. I played against Spain. I played against Switzerland. I played against Tahiti. I played against biggest countries in the world in soccer that's um, awesome. so I've played you know I've been exposed to compet- that competitive nature is is it's just it comes to me um, yeah. it's not something that I had to learn so you know so like that learning from losses is wasn't foreign to me yeah. um, so like you know I just try to apply that to my business and to my everyday life and and that's where I continue to grow as a company and continue to evolve and continue to collaborate and partner with companies like SmartPot you know like smart pot doesn't have a soil scientist on on board they're they're not soil scientists they you guys you're very very good like exceptionally good at making pots you know at making fabric pots you know the ins and outs the the little differences in just fabric alone you know like i've seen and i I've, I've i've met i've seen and met with the ceo and coo so i know what you guys put into it, you know, and, and it directly aligned with my company's values and what my company tries to do. So, like, the partnership was a no-brainer for both of us. Um, nice. Literally, I I dreamt, and it's funny because I dreamt about this. I literally dreamt back in February, I think it was February or January. I was like, man, I wonder if Pot would want to do a collab to make living soil beds and pots. Because you guys don't offer any. They're just normal fabric pots. I hushed the idea in my brain. I was like, nah, they're a massive company. Like, they don't want to partner with little old me, like, type of deal, like, downplaying my idea. I spoke to my wife about it. She was like, go and chase it. You don't know what it could be. Spoke to my mentor about it. He was like, you never know. Like, reach out to him and see. So, again, me being myself, I dismissed the idea. I was like, eh, whatever. You know, dilly dally, waited and think around on the idea. I knew what I wanted to do. I knew what I, how I wanted to make the pot, the bed. I knew that, like, I knew exactly what needed to be done changes, all these things. Um, so I met with, I saw the CEO at Canacon here in OKC. My wife, my mom was actually speaking to him. Um, cause we were just walking around meeting booths and stuff like that. So I was like, man, let me stop and talk. So I stopped and talked and, he knew me for some reason he saw my name or something i don't know how he ended up knowing me or whatever it may be so i told him i was like hey like we need to partner like i just was like this was my moment essentially i was like shoot your shot essentially it's really Mm -hmm. what it was so i told him i was like hey man we need to partner man like you know i mean he's the coo if anybody's going to make decisions or help influence decisions it'll be him uh, Jeff. So I was like, man, Jeff, we need to partner. You know, like I've got an idea. Let's make you guys' pots and and living soil. Let's living soil our your beds. Let's make them a more living soil friendly product. You know, um, and he was like, well, how are we gonna do that? And I was like, listen, let's sit down, let's talk. I I guarantee you, you guys are able to do everything that I I think you should do. He's like, well, if you give me some ideas right now, I can get a prototype running so that when we meet, we can start going forward, you know, because if we're not, then we'll wait another four or five days before we can get anything going because right. we haven't even met it yet. So I, I trusted him essentially is what it was. I was like, Hey, this is what I think you guys should change. This is what I think should be implemented. Bam, bam, bam. And he was like, man, like that's all simple stuff. Like, cause I grow in fabric pots, you know, like I grew in grassroots living soil beds and pots before I started this partnership. Um, So he went ahead and there was a prototype made when I met him, when I went to go meet him. So I met with him, we went over the prototype and I was like, I think this needs to be adjusted, blah, 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 blah. Fixed it. Second prototype is out now. And I think this is going to be the final one. I'm actually getting ready to use it in a commercial grow that i run um we're actually putting the bed together today um nice but yeah so we're 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 in production we're ready to go we're ready to sell it to, to customers and consumers that that grow in living soil or just want a fabric pot that's going to last them a long time or a fabric raised bed that'll last them a long time and not result in you know faster dryouts because in a living soil medium moisture uh control is key you know you don't want that soil to dry out very fast because then your microbes go into dormancy, you know, you're, there's many downsides of that. Um, so, you know, if it's a peat based medium trying to rehydrate peat absolutely sucks. Um, cause peat is a hydrophobic material naturally. Um, so there's, there's a lot of little ins and outs that, that I was able to, to lend my knowledge on. And, and again, they trusted my knowledge and trusted my judgment I guess you can call it for lack of better words um, and went ahead with it. And, and and here we are, you know, this is where we are now and we've got a whole line that we're releasing, releasing here now. And I think it's going to be great. It's going to be great for the cannabis space and, and anybody in the home grower or where they're growing veggies, even, you know, like tomatoes, they, they prefer a more moist environment. They don't like wet feet. They're very similar to cannabis. They're literally cousins genetic wise they're cousins to cannabis. You know, there's very little genetic difference between the two. Um, So yeah, that's, that's where we are now. And that's how we got to where we are now. And, and I think this relationship is going to be very sustainable long-term. You know, there's, just yeah, Jeff was explaining that. that
0: he really l- liked meeting with you and thought that you were um, very knowledgeable and had some great ideas. So um, absolutely, he he and right away he was like, "You need to get Valen on and uh, do the podcast with him." So absolutely. What, uh, now? Let me ask you, going back like to your soil mix, what is kind of different in your recipe versus what other growers are commonly using? The
1: biggest part is, is I know what's in it. Um, A lot of times you see people building soils and I'm not against people building their own soil. Like I want you to do that. You know, my company has products that allows customers to do that. Um, We've got a magic potion, which is just a general, basically like an all purpose dry nutrient that you can apply to any base soil that you have, whether it's old used soil or whether it's, you know, an inert medium that you buy from the store. Um, so I, I'm all about sustainability. I'm all about, you know, teaching a man to fish. He can feed himself for the rest of his life type of deal. Um, and I'm a big believer. I'm a, I believe in God. You know, I'm very outright with my faith. Um, that's something I do not hide. And again, that goes back to the Bible. You know, it's teach a man to fish. He can feed himself for a lifetime versus me giving you fish. So I take business the same way. Um, I want you to be able to be self-sufficient. I don't want to have to sell you soil every single run. Would that be beautiful for me? Absolutely. Absolutely. It would make me a ton of money, but it's not sustainable. You know, mm-hmm. not sustainable for your pockets, not sustainable for your business, not sustainable for you, not sustainable for me. Cause then you're going to realize, man, I'm giving this dude a whole heap of money and I don't need to be doing that. You know? So, there's, there's there's many reasons as to why I chose or why I built the recipe I did. Now, to go back to the difference, it's just nutrient density and and the actual composition of the soil. Um, I know the ratios in which I have things in my recipe, I mean, straight down to bulk density of how much pumice stone and rice hulls are in the recipe to allow for drainage um, to where that they don't float to the top like perlite floats to the top. You know, the density of pumice stone is equal to the density of all the other ingredients in my base, which is rice um, compost, earthworm, castings, and peat moss. The density of those other four products is equal to the density of the amount of pumice stone that I have in my mix, which allows the pumice stone to stay um, essentially floating in the soil medium. It stays fixed versus yeah. separating, um, thus resulting in less compaction. You know, so there's a lot of moving parts that I... That I think about from a scientist perspective, from a soil building perspective, because I built the recipe from that perspective, not just this is soil. I need to have nutrients to feed my plants like it goes a little bit deeper than that. And that's why yeah. I created my recipe to take that guesswork out of it for end and consumers. You know, you don't have to do that. Now, if you want to build your own soil, absolutely. I'll help you do that. I'll you know, f- help you figure out what, what you have access to, you know, what compost you may have locally, things like that, um, to, to assist you in, in doing that. Um, but the difference really is the, the, the thought.
0: Okay, we had a little connection issue there, uh, but we're back online. So, um, Valen, you uh, are a big advocate of raised beds for cannabis production. Uh, what are the advantages to growing like this versus individual containers, in your opinion?
1: Um, it's quite a few. It saves you time, saves you money. It grows nine times out of ten. It's going to grow you a bigger, healthier plant. So if you just put it into perspective of this, right? So a four by, let's just say. And these numbers are not going to be accurate. These are just numbers for round numbers' sake. Now let's just say your raised bed holds 200 gallons of soil. If that holds 200 gallons of soil, and you put 10 plants in there, that's 20 gallons of soil each one of those plants have access to, versus a five-gallon pot. Um, like me, for example, in a in a, I usually aim for like eight gallons to eight to ten gallons of soil per plant. Um, is optimal. Um, I think in a living soil environment, and again, this is all personal perspective. There's no science to back this. The science to back it is plants, healthy plants growing versus starving plants. I mean, it's self-explanatory sort of, kind of
0: the proof is um, in the pudding.
1: Right. You're right. And it's the same thing with my soil. Like, I mean, my recipe was made specifically for cannabis. Um, Could it grow other plants? Absolutely. I mean, I've had customers, I couldn't get my tomatoes to stop growing tomatoes, you know, and it's just because you give them healthy soil. Everyone's just so used to growing in inert mediums. When it comes to a living medium, they are mind blown um, by the the difference in in whether it be yield, whether it be quality, whether it be health of plant, whether it be ease of, of growing. I mean, you water so much less, even in a, a, a five gallon pot, I mean, I I water every two days in a five gallon pot. No cocoa grower can grow can water every two days. None. Right. They've got to water twice a day, sometimes right. more, depending on you know your situation. Um, so it saves you time. It saves you money. Time is money, um, and it also it in a soil instance. And a lot of people don't think of it this way. What I do because I'm a scientist and I understand plant anatomy um, and I research things like that. And, and it's proven that plants grown in soil are going to express themselves genetically way better than in a, in a synthetic environment. Um, you don't believe me? Go ahead and not you. But if anybody listening doesn't believe me, do the research. Um, Google Scholar is your best friend. If you want hardcore facts don't use Google. Go on google.scholar.com and anything you need to know, any information you get from that website will either be a scholarly article that's published or there's signs to prove it. That's what I use. I don't use normal Google. If I find something on normal Google and I stand by it, you don't believe me because i'm never going to say, do say that.
0: that website again what what it, it's a special part of google with just like yeah. research articles
1: yeah google scholar so google.scholar.com i think that's what the url still is but if you just go on google and type in google scholar it'll give you the first link
0: yeah, you yeah, click yeah. that
1: and it's the same thing same search engine and you can search like i promise you anything your brain can think of if you want to know a published article, if there is facts or science to prove it, Google Scholar will tell you if there is. Just how Google normal Google can tell you any can tell you anything about the world. Yeah. Same thing with Google Scholar, but it'll be science, peer-reviewed papers, published articles, things that have science or results or studies to prove it to back it up. Yeah.
0: Less, uh, um, less filtering to get, you know, hardcore science data versus right. just, using it's not regular Web Google. MD.
1: Very WebMD. It's cool. not WebMD. You know, right. you're not going on WebMD and, and WebMD. If you go on WebMD and say, you got a cough, you're dying. <laughs> you know, um, it, it's not that, you know, it's not a forum that can be altered. You know, it's, it's not personal opinions. It's not bro science. It's none yeah, of that. Just a bunch stuff. of
0: white papers and and stuff. It's literally awesome. facts,
1: hardcore facts.
0: But awesome. yeah, I think that's now, the I difference, wanna, you know, uh, with raised beds.
1: Whether it, go ahead.
0: Well, I sorry. I, I wanted to uh, kind of get back into the raised beds and ask. Um, how often you are advising uh, watering your raised beds if, if, you're in, if you're doing like one big watering a day or if it's like multiple small doses so per day, what, what are you finding works best?
1: That's 100% dependent on your situation, whether it be your soil situation, whether it be your environment situation, whether you're outdoors, indoors, on a balcony, all of that plays a huge role. Um, but the biggest driving factor is going to be your soil. Um, your moisture retention is, is going to be your, your good guy and your bad guy. Um, like for me, ex- example, like I've got customers that run, you know, four by 16, four by 30 massive raised beds, and they water, you know, twice a week. You know, one normal watering and then uh, a compost tea was that second watering in the week, you know, because there's a ton of soil. There's no need to be overwatering with a living soil situation. You don't water to run off. So you want to water like me, for example, I know and I can recommend to my customers because I know my soil. I know the saturation limit is roughly five to eight percent of the volume in in soil. So if you've got 10 gallons of soil, Or like for me, example, on a commercial scale, I run five-gallon pots right now. We just harvest it, so we're now taking that old soil out of the five-gallon pots and then putting it into a raised bed, amending it, adding fresh soil, and then boom, we'll never buy soil again. I just put worms in that bed and nematodes, and I keep that nutrient cycle healthy, and the plants will in turn be healthy. Um, But in a five-gallon setting, I do 1,000 milliliters of water three times a week. Um, So if it was today I watered, I wouldn't water for another two days, and I would give microbes and water that next watering, which is just a 1,000 milliliters. And then I give a tea on that third watering of the week. And then I recycle back to water only, microbes and water, and a compost tea, which has nutrients and microbes and fungi and all the good stuff, all the good juice and everything. Um, So that's what I do on a commercial scale. But it's very, very scenario-specific, if you will. Um, There's no black and white there's no right and wrong um i like personally the there's a system called blue mat system watering system um that allows the plants to drink when they want it uses hydrostatic pressure to open a valve when the soil is dry or getting close to dry and the valve knows hey these plants need water um so that's that's what i would in an ideal um But yeah, so it's it's all very scenario specific and I am 100 percent open to helping people. You know, if you're growing veggies in your backyard and you have questions, call me, text me, Instagram, DM me. I answer everything like I don't let your messages sit in an inbox and don't ever respond. I answer them as soon as I see them. That way I stay on top of them. Or if I'm busy, I answer them as soon as I get back to my phone or my iPad or my computer or whatever it may be. Um, so you know, and, and I'm not.
0: So that was kind of getting into. Uh, uh, that was kind of getting into my next question. Is besides producing soil and, and amendments, are you doing services like consultations? Absolutely. One hundred percent for your customers on like an ongoing basis. One hundred
1: percent, and I'm and I'm and I consult on on any basis. Whether you're growing veggies, whether you're growing cannabis, whether you're growing whatever it is, you know, I can help you make your life a little bit easier. You know, with your soil quality. So I mean, there's a wide array of services that I can do. You know, like I'm also um, certified by the Environmental Protection Agency, the EPA for watershed management. So if there's a watershed, I can go and manage any watershed, any, anywhere in America. Um, I'm certified to do that. I haven't used that certification since I got it because I make soil, (laughs) you know, so, but water quality, all that fun stuff. I can do all of that stuff. Um, soil quality is my, you know, that's my baby. If you want to say, um, that's what I'm best at. Um, so I offer that to customers, you know, soil quality. If you have soil that you're trying to essentially remediate and get it charged to where you where it needs to be, you just tell me the crop that you're trying to grow. And, and if you can't get a nutrient analysis done, I can come in and take core samples. I have core samplers that can do eight inches up to 16 inches of a core sample. That'll allow me to see soil structure. That'll allow me to get a nutrient analysis, an accurate nutrient analysis at root zone not surface, not scratching two inches into the soil and grabbing a sample. Like the, the plant doesn't, the, the nutrients are below. Granted, the feeder roots are in the first first two inches of soil, usually of a plant. There are still other roots under there that take in a lot of cation exchange that allows a lot of that to happen. Um, so, yes, we offer soil consulting, any consulting, grow consulting, farm consulting. I mean, I can test acreage of land. Um, If you're trying to get away from ammonium and nitrates and and the typical ag, you know, I can help with that as well. You see what I'm saying? So it's I'm not, you know, only soil. You know, I'm not only trying to sell you soil. I'm not only trying to sell you dry nutrients. I want to be able to help you to be better and more sustainable as an as an individual, as a company, as whatever you may be, whatever entity there is. Um, because sustainability is, is at the core of everything I do. You know, I, my core yeah. value in life is to leave the world better than I met it. And in that comes yeah. sustainability. You know, if I can help you use less water, if I can help you buy less soil, buying less soil means less, uh, things that are mined, you know, less peat moss bogs that are going to be shaved. You know, my recipe is built the way it is because it's hundred percent sustainable. All of my ingredients are byproducts of another ingredient. Rice hulls are a byproduct of the rice industry. Compost, organic mm-hmm. green waste that's composted. Earthworm castings, earthworm poop. You know, peat moss is, you know, sustainably, sustainably grown and harvested. Um, pumice stone, same thing. It's just a rock. It's not mm-hmm. a volcanic ash like perlite is that's blown heated and blown to pop into a, a, a kernel essentially that has no nutrient value to soil that brings nothing to the table but aeration that's why i personally don't use perlite in my recipes um, pumice stone is porous it has tiny little micropores that allow microbes to live in there and give them a home versus living on the surface of a piece of perlite um, other than that they have nowhere to live so microbes really don't have anywhere to to establish a population and that's the difference in my recipe versus another company's recipe you know so like there's there's very little things that i very small details that i pay attention to that make all the difference you know like my college coach i live by it the way you do anything is the way you do everything there's there's reason the details matter there's a reason yes. fa- smart uses the fabric that they use i have a i was just showing jeff I have a one of the liners that one of the first liners that they made for hanging baskets. I have one of the first ones. I've had that liner for five years now.
0: Nice Has, and I bet it looks, looks brand, brand new. Brand new,
1: hasn't lost color, nothing. It looks exactly how it looks when I first got it. And and that's a huge part as to why I support smart pots the way I do. Um you know, again, awesome. I'm not trying to sell you soils for you to have to come and buy soil for me next year. Yes, your soil level and your pots may fall, but that now just means you just have to top dress. You only have to add another two inches of soil. You don't have to buy a whole new pot of soil, you know, so it, it goes a long way and it's a lot more sustainable.
0: Nice. I, I love that. I was, I've was i always been perplexed by growers that want to buy, you know, yards and yards of Brand new oh, soil man. every growth cycle, me. and and just dump what they used. It's like, well, farmers, you know, traditional ag is not, you know, replacing and removing their entire field. They're testing, they're amending what needs to be amended, and then you know, going for that next run. Right. So it, it makes sense that cannabis should be done the, the same, same way. way. We're growing a plant. Uh, We're
1: doing nothing different than your average farmer. Yeah. And even now, like average farmers, they've. They've done their, they've exhausted their land so bad. I mean, if you're applying ammonium and nitrates or an ammonium nitrate or any of these chemical fertilizers that are being sold to you per acre, you're hurting yourself because that soil, those plants now depend on that fertilizer and don't depend on that soil. You're going to have erosion issues. You're going to have um, imbalances in.
0: More disease and pest issues. Yep. Yep. Totally. Totally. Yeah, you're
1: shooting yourself in the foot, essentially, is what it is. Um, so there's there's just so many moving parts that need to be... There's just so many moving parts that people don't take into account. Um, and, you know, like things like the Dust Bowl. That's the reason the Dust Bowl happened. Yep. <laughs> because farming, the land was way exhausted. It was overplowed, overworked. You know, that... That's an actual thing. The land is just like me and you. We It needs to rest. It needs to be fed. It needs to, it's an ecosystem. You need to make sure that that ecosystem is operating efficient because the minute you apply those ammonium nitrates and all these chemicals, it kills your microbes. So now there's no delivery mechanism for your plant to get the nutrients other than what you're giving it through a liquid. Yep. You know, you're basically growing hydroponically in a farm on a field. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Essentially you are. Yeah. I, I heard a good saying uh, a long time ago, feed the soil and your soil feeds the plant. And yep. I, I just yep. always try to grow all of my crops like that now.
1: That's exactly what it is. And, and it's, it goes back to, to sustainability, like steward, like the, the reason for sustainability, we're, we don't, we own this land that we live on, but we don't own it. I mean, whether we like it or not, you know, like you don't own any of this property that you think you own. It's, it has nothing to do with it. It's a part of Earth. You're going to die someday and that yeah. property is going to be existing. Who knows? Humans, we may we may become extinct. We may go, we may drive ourselves to extinction. And this land is still going to be here. Earth isn't yeah. going anywhere. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So like we as as humans have to understand, like we have to steward what we have so that it lasts us a long time. You know, if you steward the the earth that you live on, the land that you live on, your soil is going to pay you dividends in year, years, years, and years to come.
0: Yeah, yeah. It all it, it doesn't belong to us. Every everything belongs to God, right? Yep, a hundred percent. At the end of the day,
1: I believe that. And and if we continue to steward the earth, it'll pay you in return.
0: Yep. Karma. It,
1: yep. Oh yeah, I believe in it. What you put in is what you get out. Into anything in life. You put in trash, you will 100% get out trash.
0: Yep, yep. Well, I I think we're on the same page on on a lot of uh, topics here. And I really can't wait to meet you in person uh, someday, hopefully sooner than later. Um, This has been a really good interview. Valen, how do people get in touch with you on social media or for business purposes? I'm assuming you have a website.
1: You have multiple ways of contacting me. So my personal Instagram, the soil guru, T H E S O I L G U R U underscore. Don't forget the underscore cause it won't pull up. Um, you can DM me. I answer them. That's on my personal phone. So I see that instantly almost, um, my company's Instagram page. I answer those as well. It's just environmental SS. So soil solutions. So just environmental SS, um, Email, you can contact me, soil S-O-L, at gmail, phone number 918-500-2728. Super simple.
0: Nice, nice. Well, on that note, um, Valen, it's been great getting to know you. Thank you so much for your time and uh, definitely looking forward to working with you going forward on uh, all of your projects that we can help you on.
1: Absolutely, and I appreciate you for having me.